Welcome to another episode of Global U Talks, where college-age entrepreneurs travel the world and interview experts in technology, entrepreneurship, and the kingdom way of life. This is Tyler Young, your host, and today we have Tim and Cindy Bird. Tim and Cindy have been married for 28 years and have five amazing children. The Bird family lives in Fort Worth, Texas, where they spend much of their time homeschooling their kiddos and supporting, loving, and building up the local body of believers. They are passionate about missions as a lifestyle, believers walking in freedom, helping others find their destiny, and seeing the kingdom of God released and realized throughout the earth. Because of this, they counted a high privilege to walk with the next generation of God's people to help discover the treasure God has placed within each of them and call it out. Join us as Mary Korch, a student at Global U, interviews Tim and Cindy. I hope you enjoy. So could you guys start by kind of explaining a little bit about what you guys normally do, maybe what your professions are, what your ministry looks like a little bit, and then we'll kind of jump into some questions about how those things have changed since COVID and all the recent events took place. You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Well, the, what we do is actually pretty boring. I'm a real estate agent and Cindy's a life coach, and that's pretty boring, and that's really the least part of our story. Really, we're treasure hunters. <laughs> we're, we're truly treasure hunters, and we, we love finding treasure in young people and millennial and post-millennial generations. We love digging out what the Lord's put in them and walking with them as they discover that. That's truly what we do. That's awesome. So do you work with a lot of young people like at your church, or how does this treasure hunting kind of like play out for you guys? So our house has become sort of a revolving door between different ministries like YWAM, uh, Harvest, our Iris Ministries, LCU, which is Todd White's uh, university. We have different, and certainly world race, we have missionaries come through our home and stay here for short seasons and for long seasons. And so that has become sort of the, the traffic, if you will, for, for us to, to do our treasure hunting. And currently we have four LCU students living with us. There's been four to seven students living with us since September of last year. Wow, that's awesome. Sounds like you guys have a busy home then. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We absolutely do. Yeah, and I like, I like the term treasure hunting. Um, when I was in Indonesia, we couldn't use the term evangelism, so we would call it treasure hunting as our ministry. So, kind Absolutely. Of when we say treasure hunting, we mean more along the lines of finding the treasure, the Lord's hidden in people, right? Yeah. Like not people as projects, but what are the beautiful things the Lord's hidden in people and how can we partner with him to bring that forward? Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. So can you share with the class? I think some of them have heard about all of the things that you guys are doing, but can you kind of give an overview for those who maybe haven't heard about what the Lord's put on your heart in terms of responding to COVID? Sure. So we were really praying when this first started happening. We were asking the Lord what he had for us in it. And we kind of were saying, it's really easy to see what the enemy's up to, but Lord, what are you doing? And what does it look like for us to be an extension of that where we are? And that could look like a whole lot of different things. But as we were praying, we felt like in our frustration for knowing that there were people serving out there that didn't have the supplies that they needed, but feeling like through the 
through the body of Christ, the Lord brings solutions. We felt like he gave us the idea to make masks to give out to first responders. So we're, we're 3D printing some respirator type plastic masks that we're giving out. We're hand sewing cotton masks that we're giving out. Giving out. And we also kind of had it on the agenda to make hand sanitizer. We haven't really, because that's what our local police need, department needed. We haven't done a lot of that, but so we, we didn't really know how to do either one of those things and we had no funds to do it. But we, just the Lord sent money. We bought printers. We started printing. We, we borrowed sewing machines and we started sewing and, you know, just let the Holy Spirit show us what to do. And so, I mean, we can talk in more detail, but that's kind of in a nutshell what we've been doing the last few weeks. And since we have so many people living in our home, there are 10 of us. So it's easy to kind of get everybody find their niche and get everybody helping out. And it's, it's been pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, that's a good explanation of what we're doing. But in terms of ministry, absolutely nothing's changed. So what I mean by that is we, we are still treasure hunting and we're, do, we're discovering inside these students that live with us and even in our own children, we're discovering new things through this crisis. If you, if you, if you really think about it and you really let it sink in, it's times like this that squeeze people and you get to see what comes out. And in the squeezing of this crisis, we're seeing, we're seeing all kinds of good things come out and all kinds of things that aren't so good. And so for us, a crisis is a great place of discovery and understanding what's inside a person and, and, and what is connected with their destiny and what the enemy is going after. All these things sort of come out in a crisis situation. So for us, there's been some shift in what we're doing, certainly. And that's a fun story, but the, the treasure hunting remains and it's accelerating. Yeah. And I probably would add just by saying that for us, we feel like Jesus came to, to represent, to represent the father on earth. And so that's what we do in our whole lives. And so for us, it isn't so much about masks. It's like, Lord, how are you loving? What does it look like to love? What does it look like for us as the body to engage the world and show the love of the father to the world? And so right now it's, it's masks and at different times it's different things. So in that sense, it's no different, even though our living room looks like a machine shop at the moment, you know? Yeah. I know Nathan and I have been clearly like tracking with what you guys are doing and what the Lord's been put on your heart and how you've responded to it. And it's just a beautiful story of, you know, connecting with him to serve and love the community well. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. So everything changes quickly. As you guys know, it seems like almost every day there's like new information out or the world is changing in some way. So what ways have you guys had to pivot or change your project? And to kind of give this some context as young entrepreneurs, we're continually, you know, evaluating what the world looks like and tailoring our projects to the world's needs. So how have you guys um, had to do that throughout this journey? Great question. So we, are, we, are, we spend a lot of time and a lot of effort in brain space to, to zero in on working on the right thing. And, and that takes a lot of intimacy with the Lord 
to, to, really, to really work through what, what is an emotional response versus a spiritual response versus just a need to do something. So one of the ways that we, we started the MASK project was we want to love and serve locally. And that was Cindy's vision. I wanted to save the world. And I realized very quickly in the first 10 minutes that I have no way to save the world. Cindy had a much bigger kingdom response. And that was, how can, I, how can we love and serve and represent Christ to our community? So our, our, our whole emphasis has been, because we produce in small numbers, how can we impact locally? Well, one of the major significant pivots was in our state, our governor did a really good job at, at negotiating with some medical equipment manufacturers, he, he negotiated um, a Texas-only supply through an increase in production time. So he negotiated with some companies to produce 24-7. He provided resources, money, and manpower. And, and out of the increase of, of medical equipment production, he secured supply for the state of Texas. So our, our, a significant pivot for us was was instead of being able to, to touch and, and reach out and love and give and protect locally, we had to pivot to more of a, more of a countrywide distribution of our limited product. Yeah, great. And I know that kind of at the beginning of that, you mentioned that, you know, as you're kind of discerning what to do and where to go and how to respond, there's an emotional sort of response, a kind of like, this is what I want to do or need to do. And I think there was a third one. I didn't quite catch that, but kind of a big question. Can you kind of explain those three and how, how you kind of navigate that? As all of us are listening to the Lord, um, I think it's something we're continually trying to practice and learn from. That's really good. And that's sort of the heart of how Cindy and I work with young people. And this is a large subject, so I'll try to really condense it. We feel that our place, working with a young person, is we don't want to tell people what they need to know. We want to teach people how they need to know it. So if I look around and I'm operating out of my soul, I can see a need and I can respond to that need and I can do amazing things. And needs have a really good way of pulling on you. Pulling on you. Right. And that's the wrong place that we, that to us, and what we teach, that's the wrong place of doing. The right place of doing is in a response from an intimate place with the Lord and, 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 and going through the process of, of understanding where his heart is, where he wants us to move, whether it's in scale or if it's, if it's not in scale, if it's large and, pub, and public and visible, or if it's in small and kingdom and one-on-one. So it's in the places of intimacy that we feel, and we'll even make this a, a bigger, this is a larger conversation, but we think the greatest in, innovation yet to come is going to come from intimacy with the Lord. So our whole, our whole approach as we live it out in our home is, Lord, how do you want us to innovate? How do you want us to be entrepreneurs? How do you want us to respond in this crisis? What do you say? And it's from that place that we think we can respond. So it's never been, it's never been, well, I can't say it for me. When I'm in a good place, it's not about masks and it's not about numbers. It's truly about a response to the Lord. And he'll take care of the numbers. He'll see that the world has changed. 
and he'll have, he'll bring glory to himself when we respond in that way. Yeah. And I think the third one that you mentioned was just needing to get value from something. So a lot of times the reasons we serve, whether we're, we're going overseas or doing something like this is because we want to feel valued. And even as we struggled at the beginning, asking the Lord what it looked like, because what, what our response to this could look like could be fasting and prayer closet, or, you know, it could just be time with him and prayer. It, it doesn't have to look like a doing. It has to look like what he's saying. Right. But if I'm trying to do something because I need to get value or feel like I was valuable, which is a big message you hear right now with everybody being quarantined or at home is people feel like they're not doing anything. And the Lord gets to the core of some stuff in those moments. So it can't even be about feeling like my value comes from my response. You know, your value is coming from him. And then in that place, he gives you a response because it's about loving the Lord and then loving the world. But this part is, comes first and your value has to be in alignment here before it goes here. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that, especially as quarantine goes on, the Lord is going to continue to rattle the hearts of people who really find value in doing. And, you know, this, this concept of looking inwards toward the Lord and what he's doing in our hearts before acting is really countercultural. And so what are some ways that you guys practically become focused on that, if my question makes sense? Yeah. For us, if the whole thing is about becoming love, you become what you behold. And so what is that thing that you're beholding? What is the place that you're moving out from each day? And so specifically, we each have different ways that we spend time with the Lord. It looks different for each of us, and it looks different for everybody in our home. And since, we are, since we're in a setting of community living, just like you guys are, Sometimes it can be hard to find the space, like the literal space, <laughs> to um, just get along with the Lord. Or I find even when I'm sitting in a room full of people, whether I have headphones on or not, I'm still constantly in touch with everybody around me. So that's a really hard setting for me. But being able to make that the first thing, whether that means I have to turn my phone off at night and not turn it back on until I have spent a significant amount of time with the Lord. Or for me, I, I have to get away from the phone for, because a lot of the things that are going on right now, a lot of the connections are coming through my phone. So every morning when I wake up, I've got conversations from all around the world that are happening on my phone. I've got to be able to walk away from it. So I spend time with the Lord usually outside um, where Tim's looks different down on his face in the, literally in our bedroom closet. But just I thought if I'm answering your question, from a practical place, it is making sure that we're even sourcing each day by being with him. So like, for example, this morning, when I woke up, we woke up way earlier than our alarms were set. And, but there was a song playing in my spirit, which is a very common thing for me. And I noticed that each day that message, whether my spirit's ahead of the game and knows what I need, or whether it's the Holy Spirit ministering to me in that moment, that was, I, I, could, I only knew, could sing one line. There's one line playing over and over in my head. So when I went and looked it up, I was like, yes, Lord, that is exactly the message for today. So that was the place where I met him in this morning, you know? 
but just practically speaking, it's, there's literal time that has to happen. And in my opinion, we, we really try to make it first in the day, because if we start heading out, we'll head out from yesterday's manna <laughs> instead of getting this morning what we need, just practically speaking. Yeah, that's, that's really good, baby. I would, I would add to that a good practical way for your team to respond. Let's just take one area, the area of asking good questions. You can spend your life being intentional and learning to ask good questions, asking the right questions. And, and a practical application of this would be for, for everybody to be mindful when you're interviewing people, when you're looking for opportunities, when you want to see how to move forward, is that you ask questions that are not based on content. You're not looking for the answer to be about content, like a Google search. You're looking for answers to be about process. You want to drill into whatever it is the Lord has you working on to look at process because what we tend to forget, we tend as entrepreneurs, we get tend, we tend to focus on milestones and productivity and goals and outcomes. And our challenge to you, as is the challenge to ourselves frequently, is the Lord wants a relationship with me. So I need to do, I need to be focused on a process of achieving my goal that the Lord has for me with him. So ask questions, learn and formulate a process for how you go about a task and a goal and achieve a milestone versus just the content of being told what to do. That is the relationship that Jesus died for. That is the joy that was set before him when he endured the cross. In Isaiah, that's when God said it, pleased him to crush his own son because they all they both wanted the same thing they wanted the relationship not for just eternity but from this moment until we die so it's in a process that we have relationship and that i think innovation will come and i think if i could speak to that too part of what you're saying and you can correct or add on practically is that when we get with the Lord, I mean, we're worshiping him. And many times out of that, he starts to speak about something or we're saying things like, what would you like to talk about today? And he speaks into that as, which looks a little different than coming to him with a checklist, you know, and asking him specific questions, although he leads us in those questions. But there are days like today where he wakes me up and he says, let's talk about love. And days he wakes me up and says, let's talk about where to get your elastic today. You know, so what, depending on, it can be a whole scope of things, but we have, we're very open-handed and open-ended with the Lord, um, not just coming with a checklist. We do give him the things that are on our hearts, but we do approach it like, Lord, what do you, what, what do you wanna talk about? Or Lord, who do you wanna be for us today? And in those conversations and in that relationship, we also usually end up walking away with kind of knowing what's next. But what's next wasn't the goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important, I found, to, you know, have an, have an open mind in going to talk to the Lord. Because you're right, so many times we do come with a checklist or specific questions or looking for answers. And so kind of reframing and, you know, creating habits over time to, to ask him what's on his heart. So, great. And, yeah, and, you know, to blow it up even further, we don't want to hijack your call. And we know it's 
we're almost done with time here, but you know, we would even go as far as to say this in terms of a what if question, what if the Lord was less concerned about the cure for cancer and he was more looking for somebody to walk with him in relationship and discover it through relationship? What if he was more concerned? uh, What if he was less concerned with every passion project we could ever come up with and he was more concerned with our commitment and our intentionality and laying our life down to walk with him and discover his plan and his, and his passion project or his addressing our passion projects? What if he was looking for that kind of way of doing things, which is what we think Jesus died for, is a way of work, walking out life with him? Wow, that's a beautiful question for us to think about today. <laughs> Great. All right. So now we have a few minutes left. So I want to make sure we give all of our students a chance to hop on camera and see if they have any questions. Okay. I've got one. Okay. So this is something that we talk to a lot of the mentors about, but I think you guys will have a very interesting perspective on it as like entrepreneurs who are also at home, like raising a family and, you know, treasure hunting, like loving people, all that stuff. What, have you guys learned about work-life balance and like how to, how to love well, how to you know, raise your kids, but also work? <laughs> if you have an answer. Um, I would just say that this morning I was talking to one of the students in our home about this and Lord had just put it on my heart that perhaps she was struggling in the way that she was spending her time. And she's, she's in school. She's helping us with this project. She's still doing ministry with her family back in another state. And, but I wasn't, it wasn't anything in her behavior. She wasn't expressing any kind of distress or anxiety. I just felt like the Lord had put it on my heart. So I asked her about it this morning and she said that that was really weighing on her. She really felt like she had more than she could do going on this week. And for me, what the Lord was speaking to me this morning was just about discerning the seasons that you're in. And there have been times where the Lord would call me, I'll speak about myself, would call me into very full on amounts of time to get to give to something, whether it was somebody, a family that I'm coaching and they're getting my full attention for three months or something like that. And then there are times where the Lord has literally put me on bed rest and taken away my watch and my calendar and my phone. And Nathan remembers that well. And then times, uh, literally there was a time when he told me to, to go to a ministry school some years ago and I felt it was right after bed rest. So I wasn't sure I was up for the, the fullness of the time that that would take. And the first day when I was heading out to school, the brakes went out in my car. And when they did, the Lord said, I, I was backing up when the brakes went out and he said, we're not backing up and we're not stopping. This is full speed ahead now. And in that moment, it was just a shift in seasons to know that it was going to require more of my time. And so it was a different kind of balance. We still, I was still homeschooling. We still had kids at home, but this is what he was calling me to do for that season. And so even though I was in school with um, a bunch of 20 somethings who were on the lunch break, I would go take a nap in the car because I was tired while they were enjoying lunch together, you know, but just a matter of discerning the seasons and kind of knowing what season you're in. And so like, if you've got a business startup, there are times we've, we've started up businesses or, or Tim's changed jobs or something. And 
sometimes the ramp up on those things requires a whole lot of energy and time. But recognizing that you can't live out of that lifestyle, in my opinion, this is just my opinion and my experience, and somebody else's walking out of this might look different. But knowing, okay, we're going to give this a certain amount of time that we hear from the Lord to run at that speed. And then there may be a time we need to take it down. But we believe the balancing of knowing the seasons you're in and being able to balance the different parts is really important. That's good. That's good. So we totally agree that there are seasons where you're working really, really hard. And there are seasons where you're called to rest. We completely agree with that. And we would say, I think we would say that anything outside of a doing that you're not hearing from the Lord is total striving. And total striving can work. We know strivers all over the place. We, there's there's non-believing entrepreneurs who are making world-class discoveries, okay? Striving, it looks like from the outside it works, but it's empty, it's burnout. And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, and it will always lead to the one question, what's the right balance? So, so for us, we would say <clears throat> the right balance comes through intimacy and understanding what the Lord's saying, knowing what season you're in, and then, and then pursuing that, even if your pursuit is rest. Good. Thank you. We have time for one more. <laughs> we do. Perfect. Okay. Well, I have a question, a quick one, I think, but so obviously like y'all were just talking about how it starts with just like listening to the Lord, like your like response to the coronavirus. And honestly, I just like, I think that we see like it's so much in what y'all do. So then, but on, on, obviously too, this is like a family effort right now and even bigger than your family. And if your family's also stretched across you know, multiple states right now and you're still doing it, you know, together attacking the same problem. So what does it look like to bring this into a family and or into like a family, I guess like group, I guess even bigger than just like, a, what does it look like to bring it into a group and attack it that way? Like once you've gotten confirmation from the Lord, like how, how do you walk that out? as a group yeah i think like in this particular scenario i'll give a specific example as i was praying and kind of struggling with the lord and feeling where i was pressing in with the lord i went to tim and shared this is what's on my heart this is what i feel like the lord's doing this is what's on my heart and out of that together he responded with what about 3d printing like this because that's not something i would have tackled on my own and we didn't have a clue what we were doing but he had he has the risk in him to be able to try to tackle that. And so out of that, we began to formulate what we thought the Lord was speaking to us. And then we took it the, the next day. I think the Lord spoke more into it to me with me. And so I took that vision to the people who live in our home and we've had four girls who've moved out. So it was actually, there were actually more people here at the time, but took that vision to those in our home and asked who wanted to be part of it. But once we had actually vision casted, the why and what the Lord was saying behind it, we saw it hit everybody's heart. And so everybody wanted to be a part of it. What's been beautiful in that is to see what's come out of it. So we have, we have two people, one person in our home that's very much paying attention to the machines, another person who's paying attention to the software that runs the machines, another person who has led all of the sewing, another person who felt we, we, wanted, we wanted this to be, because it, we hope that the masks make a difference. The people are using them. We hope they're saving lives. But it, that is a, only a piece of this puzzle. We wanted it to be evangelistic. 
So we have someone in our home that sends a letter with every mask that we send. And when we casted the vision, she literally grabbed her heart and said, I want to do that part. And, and then we have, as of today, we're going to get our prayer line up and going because we want to be able to pray over people. When we're <laughs> and so we have another person that we knew exactly who to offer that to. And she is so excited about doing that, you know, and, but we haven't in any way required anything of anyone. Like, for example, last night, Molly, our 14 year old daughter, we didn't know she was doing this, but we found out this morning that she, she pulled an all nighter sewing the elastic on all the masks we have done that need to go out today. And she basically just said, I know these need to go out tomorrow. So I'm going to sit up and sew the elastic on all of these masks. All night long. And so it's just, we, but we haven't required anything. And so like this morning when I was talking to the student who feels like her plate's very cool, um, I just prayed over her that the Lord would share with her what balance looks like for her and how much she needs to contribute. And we're trusting the grace of God to show up and meet us in those places and put his emphasis as we all just lean into him. So there's no sense of us controlling. We're just inviting. And we know that when we invite people in, the Holy Spirit's going to move. And so as we reached out and had conversation with Nathan and that began to grow in Georgia. And then like when Mary says, what can we do? And we tell her, but we don't have an expectation. We're expecting the Holy Spirit to lead them. And yesterday we had somebody who came over who was a nurse and um, a student here at LCU that, and I didn't know her. She found me online through all of this and she's going to kind of be a middleman. Mary, we need to talk more about this later, but in terms of calling hospitals, because she can talk nurse talk and she knows what we're doing and wants to love people. And she just joined in yesterday on this deal so it's just like we just open it up to the lord and we ask for those connections we vision cast well we we listen for where each member of the team is needing encouragement and we speak into what we see the lord bringing out what the lord's bringing out of each person in our home i've I've actually asked them multiple times would you tell me would you put in writing for me what the lord's doing in you this week because we can see that there's a lot of movement underneath and we want to know what the Lord's doing. We want to be able to speak into that as well. But it's all an invitation and a vision cast. But because it's sourced from the Lord, we feel like we're carrying the Lord's vision and trusting him to correct it as we walk along. Then it's, then it's up to him to fulfill it, right? It's up to him to bring the people, to give them his, his, the weight of it from him, not us putting a burden on someone. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it's looked like to draw in a team for this. And even it's amazing because we all know that it could even be a very short lived deal. And yet people are laying their time down to dedicate toward it, you know? Right. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Kelsey, I love your question because at the heart of it, um, it's not an overnight thing. You know, when it comes to family, what you're, what you're asking about is what um, is really family identity. And as husbands, as future husbands and wives sitting in that room, that's a real good place to be intentional is what is our family's identity and and what is it that we can do as a family from when our kids, from when we're newly married to when we have kids, what can we do along the way to create a culture of honor and a a family identity that says we do hard things? 
because that is how it works in our family today because of what we've, because of the culture in our home and what God's done in our home. But it's a great question and it's something to consider outside of the sort of the context of Global U. How am I going to lead my family and what kind of culture do I want? And because, you know, discipleship is about doing hard things. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Calvin. Well, it looks like we're out of time, but Mr. and Mrs. Bird, we really thank you for taking a little bit of your morning to come on here and share with us. You guys are super busy and have so many things going on right now, so we really appreciate it. And can Kyla pray over you guys? We'd love it. Awesome. All right. Jesus, I thank you so much for Mr. and Mrs. Bird. I just thank you for just the trials and just the experience that you put them through. I thank you just for the spirit that is so active and so alive in the both of them. I thank you for just the wisdom that they got to pour um, into us. Father, so Lord, I just pray that we really take that to heart. We take that to you, that we discern what season we're in. We discern what what's really your vision and your dream in us, God. So I thank you so much that you've first done that in them and that they get to be an example for that, that we get to look at and reflect, but then also at the same time, just have our eyes and have our hearts on you. So yeah, God, I just bless six feet apart. I just bless their, not just their project, God, but just just as a ministry, Father, and just to touch hearts and touch lives. And Lord, I pray that uh, they continue to touch hearts and lives through this um, and that it is so much more than mask making, but it is about um, people's hearts and they see them so well. So I thank you so much for that. And yeah, I just um, really bless their day and I pray all this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Can't wait to see thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of Global U Talks. If you enjoyed this episode or think a friend might enjoy it, Go ahead and share it with them. Also, be sure to drop a review or hit the like button on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite listening app. It goes a long way to help us out. And if you're interested in reading the transcript, head on over to theglobalu.org talks, where you will find the transcript of every episode, as well as the opportunity to join in on the conversation live. You can join our live episodes every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern. You'll be able to ask questions, meet the community, and talk with the host. I hope to see you there.